Welcome, Bird Gang. On today's show, Danny Sarek joins me, which means time to review the latest Hard Knocks in-season episode. A lot of good-natured ribbing among teammates in this one, especially between J.J. Watt and Zayvon Collins. Hey, I think we all needed to smile a little bit. Plus, plenty of quarterback news. Kyler Murray, Colt McCoy, David Blau, all in the headlines. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 633, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Hit in the backfield and down he goes for a loss. J.J. Watt nailed him. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, at the 5, he's in again! Some more Murray magic! Wow! Here's Craig Grealou. So here's why I liked this most recent episode of Hard Knocks in Season. Haven't been able to say that in recent weeks just because of the outcome on Sunday. And then of the outcome, Danny didn't change on Sunday. Cardinals still lost on the road in Atlanta. But I smiled a lot during this episode. Maybe it's just me, but I had a smile, a couple chuckles. I enjoyed the behind-the-scenes, good-natured ribbing that you see or what you don't see in the locker room and on the playing field. I felt the same way. I really like this episode, and we've had a lot of J.J. Watt, understandably so, and that's what this episode really was focused on. I'm sure the next one as well, after J.J. announced his retirement after the last game of the season. But it felt different. It we got to see J.J. as a person early on, maybe the second episode, going on a walk with his wife and his son and the the typical behind-the-scenes get-to-know-you that Hard Knocks normally does. But for some reason, this just felt very authentic for J.J. of him joking around with his teammates and the coaches and talking about his decision to retire after the season. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed getting to see his relationship with Zayvon Collins because we don't get to see that a lot. It's a lot of J.J. and Zach Allen, a lot of J.J. and Cam Thomas we've seen. So getting to see Zayvon Collins in there, I really enjoyed. And I felt the same about the game. And I don't know if that was because fourth quarterback in four weeks for the Cardinals, but I really liked getting to see David Blau kind of prepare and really only having one day to do so and the composure that he had and hearing Cliff Kingsbury talk about how smart Blau was and how he was leading the offense and how he kept this team in the game. I agree, despite the fact that 2023 started the same way 2022 ended with a Cardinals loss, six straight now. I agree, it felt a little different. I I enjoyed this episode. I know we'll talk about our favorite parts later, but... If you happen to be listening before you watch the episode for whatever reason or you didn't watch all the way through, you need to watch until the very, very end of this episode. Good tease because I do want to bring that up. But first and foremost, we found out why exactly J.J. Watt is retiring, why he made the announcement when he did, why this season is his final season. Did you catch the little subtlety in this most recent episode? The true reason, of course, tongue-in-cheek obviously, but the true reason, Oh, gosh, you put me on the spot. Tell me. The last two games are the final two stadiums that he will play in to make it a full, to complete his career. He had never played at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, 
And then this coming week he gets to play at Levi Stadium for the first time, which it's 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 amazing and it's just again, it's just happenstance, but it was brought up a couple of different times during the episode and you're thinking it's like you've been in this league 12 seasons, you've never been at Levi Stadium, you've never played at the I mean, it's it's a, another remarkable little check mark underneath his resume that you can go through the entire league now and say you have played in every single stadium. That's certainly current to 2022. Yeah, pretty crazy. It's taking up until the very end. I do I do like that even though it's not you know the grand tour exit that some players do not just in football any sport of hey this is going to be my last season roll out the red carpet everywhere you go I do like that JJ gets at least two games of people knowing and I liked seeing the different referees and the players and coaches whether he'd played with or against them before just going out of their way to make sure not only like a great career but saying thank you for being the ambassador you've been for football like I I'm very glad that JJ, we talked about one, he is going out playing great football, he's healthy, but to also get some of that recognition, I'm happy for him in that regard as well. And then you hear Falcons head coach Arthur Smith tell him during a break in action, quote, I'm so happy that you're retiring. Just because it's, and again, that's the feeling if you don't have JJ Watt on your team. Because as an offensive opponent or an offensive coach, Number 99, very difficult to defend even in this final season. He's playing his best football since 2018. He's going out the way he wants to go out. And that was something Cameron Thomas talked about in the bubble during a walkthrough practice. I hope that I can go out my way just like J.J. Watt is going out his way. And that's not every player gets that regardless of sport. Very interesting perspective to see it that way that – you're right. Not a lot of players get to have that choice, um, whether that's because they can't seem to find a team to stick around on, whether that's because of injury, whatever it might be. It's it's a big accomplishment to play as long as J.J. has, 12 years, and to be able to walk away on his own for no other reason other than, you know, he, he wants to kind of prioritize other parts of his life. It's fun to be able to say that you got to cover – be around a Hall of Fame player, a future Hall of Famer. I had the opportunity a few years back. I'm dating myself here, but Emmett Smith wore a Cardinals uniform once upon a time. Played well with the Arizona Cardinals. He didn't walk out like Willie Mays with the New York Mets, with a team that you don't associate with their entire career. And J.J. Watt, two seasons, yeah, last season was cut short by injury, but he came back for that playoff game. He wanted to be on that field, and he's walking out potentially with another sack, maybe more, another quarterback to bring down, which would be 50 regular season and postseason if he's able to get Brock Purdy this Sunday. So I feel myself fortunate to say that not only did I get to watch him in real time, but to be able to cover him as well. Absolutely. He is I feel like you learn a lot when you talk to him. And JJ, and he'll tell you, he he knows when it's time to turn it on. And he can be very serious about everything, whether, you know, not just playing the game, but in terms of talking about the game and talking to the media. But my favorite parts are when we get to interact with JJ. And long before he was a dad, he was cracking dad jokes. And he was 
having fun with the media. And, and he even had that in his press conference last week when he talked about the retirement. We saw in this episode of Hard Knocks, he sits down and someone says, big decision. He was like, mm, I guess. You know, and that that's that's the fun part you get to see. And I've talked to JJ about this before of he has said early on in his career, he took things too seriously. And it's taken time for him to understand that he can take his job seriously while still have fun with it and still kind of lighten the mood, lighten practice, whatever it might be. And I think that's what's fun is when we're out at practice during the week and we get to see him joke around with players or coaches or when he's throwing the football with the quarterbacks or if he trips up on a drill and he get you know does a somersault and, and stands up like a gymnast. Like Those are the fun things that you get to see from somebody who is such a monster on the field, get to see that kind of personality. There is a time and there is a place. You get your work in, but you can also make sure you have the time to have fun. And we saw that. And there were a number of different one-liners from J.J. Watt, conversations with Vance Joseph about being a dad, quote, I already got the kid doing drills. Now, <laughs> can you imagine little baby Watt with a football-playing father and a soccer-playing mother? This kid, there are huge expectations placed on this kid. JJ was very excited when he said the doctor <laughs> said that his son Koa was in the 99th percentile in height and 97th. And wait, he was very excited. And I will say, when JJ posted those photos on his Twitter and his retirement announcement, holy cow, that baby is a wad. I mean, those jeans are strong in that baby's face, who's what, two, three months old? Just starting to crawl. And once that kid gets upright and starts moving around, yeah. It might be a good thing that J.J.'s retiring right now because it's going to be a chore. He's going to want to come back to play football because that might be easier than taking care of a toddler. I did like, too, that we were reliving the Jesse Lucchetta story coming off the anesthesia from having his wisdom teeth removed, which we talked about last week, getting that voice memo of after he found out J.J. was retiring, saying, I need this signed jersey, and J.J. was telling that story to everyone and joking about it with Jesse. I thought that was pretty fun as well. And even better because now Jesse's poking fun of himself. He played that voicemail video to his teammates and Charlie Bullen in the outside linebackers room, which I thought was a nice touch. And look, at the end of the day, he got a signed jersey from J.J. Watt. I'd love one. Maybe maybe that's what I need to do. Just leave a, a voice memo? Yeah. I, I really did like, though, getting to see Zabin Collins. Uh, that is a player who, you know, maybe, you know, completely understandably so, that took a lot of heat his rookie year. He had his snaps decreased, and it was just taking him longer to have the game slow down for him, really overthinking, which is something he talks about. And he was also having to play in behind Jordan Hicks last year. And so the way that he has stepped up in his play and has been calling the plays this year has been impressive. I feel like you can really see a big difference in how Zavin is playing this year. And it was interesting to hear him talk about that and talk with linebackers coach Bill Davis that – Stop thinking so much. You have that natural ability. You have the assets. You just need to go out and you need to play. And it sounds kind of similar to how we have heard coaches talk to Isaiah Simmons, to not necessarily overthink everything, but trust your instinct and trust what you know and go out and play that way. But to see him interact with JJ as well of just the dry humor and just going back and forth with JJ and like J.J. fixing Zavin's bucket hat to make him look like a cowboy and all that. Like, it's just, it's fun to see those guys go back and forth with J.J. And I'm curious how long it 
takes those younger players who grew up watching and I'm sure idolizing to some degree J.J. Watt. I wonder how long it takes him to open up to feel confident enough to kind of go and, and joke around with him and kind of make fun of him. I wonder, was that the initial meeting between Zayvon Collins and J.J. Watt or did it take a couple months? Probably took some time. Six months into the season, but J.J. had the best line of this week's episode, maybe the entire Hard Knocks in season, talking about Zayvon Collins. Quote, he has a little bit of that old soul to him. He's also got some young idiot to him, too, and I think I like that about him. End quote. Because you remember, when Zayvon Collins was arrested for speeding his rookie year, not that there was tension, but J.J. Watt was the first one publicly to make a joke about it. Then all of a sudden it was like, okay, it's out there. And then we had an opportunity to talk about Zayvon, very apologetic. But then, yeah, mentioned that J.J. had been given the business since the news broke. So that might have been the first time that Zayvon felt comfortable. Once you start getting teased, then all right, fair game for me to give it back to you. I mean, there was a practice where Zayvon kept falling or tripping out in the field, and J.J. said, if you fall one more time, you have to go inside. But – the, the very end credit, after the scene, as the credits are rolling, every week Hard Knocks does something, and it's always lighthearted and fun, and it's amazing to stay to the end just to watch that part because it's normally the best. And they were out on the practice field, Zavin and JJ, and JJ grew up playing hockey in Wisconsin. He's talked about how training as a hockey player helped him train as a football player and all of that stuff. And Zavin is explaining to JJ, I don't, I don't really understand the rules, how many players are out on the ice and, and JJ's explaining a five players and a goalie and Sam says, okay, so if I, you know, if, if I give you a penalty, I have to go in the box and, and JJ's explaining all that. And Zavin talks to him about the shoes or the boots that you wear. And JJ looks around and he goes, this has got to be a joke. Skates? Like, you don't know the word skates? And Zavin's like, no, no, no. Like, he brushes it off. Like, no, no, I just, I just forgot. But like, you're telling me you can go out there and you can, you can like skate on those things. And he was like, yes like we'll go skating and Zayvon goes I don't want to fall through and JJ goes you don't have to skate on a pond like and then and then Zayvon is like doing these skating like a speed skater movement and he starts moving his knees and his arms in and out and is like I feel like you look like this like a moose on ice and it was just the interaction I am not doing it justice by any means the interaction was just so funny that Zayvon was so seriously asking questions about hockey and JJ was shocked to, to know that Zayvon literally knew nothing it's what we don't see publicly. Once again, hard knocks in season, opening up the doors behind the scenes. And we do see these players in a different light. And that's something that I'm sure Zavin's going to miss next season when JJ's not around. You have different relationship with different players, different teammates, but it's those relationships. And it's what JJ brought up as well. You talk about all the accolades, all the plays that he's made, the plays that he didn't make. But for him... What's going to miss, what he is going to miss the most is those relationships, whether it's with teammates, with coaches, support staff, whomever. And that is why it is hard for a lot of players to step away because what do you do to fill that void? And that's not always an easy thing. And J.J. Watt hasn't really had to fill any sort of void. He barely, and I mean barely, takes days off all year, including the offseason. And Cliff Kingsbury even joked about in his press conference this week of, I don't know what kind of hobby JJ's going to find, but he absolutely needs to find one, which how much time he's been 
spending, training, and playing and practicing. He's going to need to find something to fill his time. It's going to be interesting because, yeah, you take one week off and then you get right back into it. Again, maybe fatherhood becomes the full-time job. And uh, he allows his wife to repursue her soccer and athletic career. And again, just become, as Vance alluded to, Mr. Mom. Look, there's going to be a legacy that's left behind with J.J. Watt, even though he's only been in Arizona for two years. And whether that's through players like Zach Allen and Cam Thomas or Zayvon Collins, these players are going to go on. And whether their career is with the Cardinals or elsewhere, players have picked up on Tips and tricks, yes, if you are a defender from J.J. Watt, but also the work ethic. And we've seen in Harnock's J.J. making sure that people are treating those who are doing their laundry and making their food and cleaning up after them, treating those people right. And there's going to be a lot of things, not just on the field, that J.J. is going to leave behind as a legacy in Arizona and Houston and everywhere else you know, that he's played and, and people he's played with and where they've all gone. One more notes on this episode as we talk kind of looking back and then looking forward because also on Wednesday, David Blau was announced that he will be getting a second straight start. But as Kingsbury mentioned, getting a a second start because now you're getting a full week's worth of prep. And how do you handle that? Because I'll say this, and we saw it in Hard Knocks in season, just how comfortable, and I'll use the word Blau, told the cameras peace he was at peace during that game and seemed seemed to pick up the offense not only quickly Danny but he was running that offense very very well I agree I think it will be good to see the difference of him having an entire week because Blau only had that Friday because after practice Thursday Colt McCoy ended up having some more concussion symptoms he didn't go into concussion protocol but at this point the Cardinals are being cautious because one it's a head injury and two Kyler Murray just had surgery Wednesday so there's a good chance depending on what that timetable of his return looks like that he will probably not be ready according to Kingsbury to start the season so that means you'd be rolling with Colt so I understand why you want to be careful in that sense because Colt is dealing with concussion symptoms so to give Blau an entire week I think will be good especially because we know DeAndre Hopkins will not be playing with a knee injury James Conner who's dealing with a shin injury everyone is is banged up um, so there were 10 I, names on the list, the injury report of those that long. did not participate in the walkthrough. Yeah, so I, I do think that a week will be good. Um, maybe that means we will get to see more magic tricks in the quarterback's room with head coach Cliff Kingsbury because that was pretty impressive that David Blatt pulled that on his head coach. I thought that was a nice little way to kind of break up the monotonous football part of the episode. Um, but Things I, you did not know, unless you did. Did you know that David Blau was a – I did not, but it kind of seems fitting, doesn't it, that he would know magic? I don't know. Just looking at him, he seems like someone who would have a couple tricks Well, he's very smart. Oh, there you go. Okay. Now the question is, when we see him and he speaks to the media because he did not address the media on Wednesday, and the quarterback, starting quarterback, addresses the media once a week, do we ask him to perform a card trick in front of uh, the cameras? Maybe if he has cards on him, he might. Bring a deck. You bring a deck, Craig. Why does it always have to be on me? Because I'm older and you're younger? I don't okay. know. <laughs> okay. But I, I do think it'll be good to see that that extra week and use this as an evaluation process. Maybe that means David Blau comes back as your backup quarterback to start the season. Maybe it doesn't. But this is the better way to find out now in a regular season game with a full week of practice to compare to what you saw from Trace McSorley in a regular season rather than a preseason game. I'm also curious now because <laughs> – 
does the game plan change? And I know defenses, yeah, the, the Falcons defense, not nearly as potent as the 49ers defense. But with David Blau, we did hear Kingsbury say, we're going to air it out, trust me. And that was during the week. And we did see an air out offense against the Falcons. I went back and looked, Danny. There were 10 deep shots. And by I, when I say deep, the NFL defines that as 16 or more air yards. So there were 10 pass attempts that traveled at least 16 yards. One was the free shot on the offsides that the Falcons were caught on, and David Blau took a chance. And then the other one was the DPI that Hollywood Brown was able to uh, get called on. But I don't remember seeing that many quote-unquote deep shots this season, regardless of who the quarterback has been. And that was without having DeAndre Hopkins, who didn't even make the trip to Atlanta. It'll be interesting to see you know, what, what they're able to pull out against this 49ers defense. It's going to be a little tougher than Atlanta's. Um, but, I mean, at this point, you've got nothing to lose. It's, it's evaluation. It's pride for everyone out there. So this is this is going to be an important game, and I know that's not for playoffs, and I know that's be, you know you don't have a lot of your starters out there, but you can still learn a lot about players and coaches from games like this. And potentially you might have Hollywood Brown available this week. He's dealing with a wrist injury, was one of those 10 players that did not participate on Wednesday. If he is not able to go, here are wide receivers that are healthy. A.J. Green, Greg Dorch, Andre Bocelli, and Farrell Cooper. On the active roster, that is not how anyone anticipated that wide receiver room to look like in 2022, now here in 2023. Absolutely not. You don't have Rondell Moore. You don't have DeAndre Hopkins. Robbie Anderson, although he hasn't been productive. Um, at this point, it's like I, I I don't even know that I'm surprised, Craig, of like everything that this team has gone through. Even just let's just say injuries that this team has experienced. Let's Let's leave it at that. It's like you can't almost be surprised by anything happening at this point. The word I believe that Calvin Beecham used to describe this season or phrase, quote, it's been wild. To say the least. By the way, more smiling, some chuckles, maybe even some outright laughter when Kelvin Beecham addressed the media on Wednesday. He was honored, he and Buda Baker honored by the Arizona chapter, the Pro Football Writers of America. Beecham honored with the Good Guy Award. Buda with the MVP. Now, the Good Guy Award is just being accessible and professional with those of us in the media, whether it's local, national, or team media, you always like to have at least one from each side, offense and defense, a handful of players that you know you can go into that locker room either during the week or after a game, and they know that you have a job to do, and they are willing to stand there, win or lose, big plays, negative plays to stand there and answer all of your questions and Beach has done that this season has not always been easy because he's had to address Sean Kugler the number of different offensive line combinations the number of different quarterbacks Kyler Murray his leadership his study habits yet Beach has either stood there or been in front of the podium and answered every single question so there is not a player more deserving than that award than Calvin Beecham. I can't put into words, but for everybody listening, whatever it would be for me to describe the ideal player to deal with from a media standpoint in terms of availability, in terms of honesty, 
and being transparent with you and being fair, it would be Kelvin Beecham. I, I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, he's incredibly deserving of that award. And week after week, he is very insightful and and honest in answering questions from the media. And I know that this year of all years that cannot be easy from players in that locker room, from coaches on that side of the building as well. So very grateful to have players like Kelvin Beecham from our standpoint to work with and talk with and learn from throughout the season. And maybe a little bit too honest, perhaps, because when asked about this season and he mentioned how wild it is, he brought up Kyler Murray's contract, the unfortunate, the tragedy of Jeff Gladney passing away, and then mentioned Speed Racers, which obviously was a reference to Hollywood Brown during training camp, and then the hold-ins, plural, during hmm. training camp, which... Did you think we forgot about those, Craig? I did not. I did not. But now we know I the real truth, were, I thought they weren't hold-ins, though. Well, as Beach said, quote, I probably wasn't supposed to say that. And, of course, mm. that brought up a bunch of laughter. But, again, I think if you look back at what happened if in you know, you know. late How July and August, you know the players, there were two, one on each side of the ball. We ended up getting contracts. And then felt better. And it felt better all of a sudden. Thank so, yeah. goodness for that, though. We're glad they feel better. Exactly. And now we know who to call, who's called Leroy in that offensive line room, which I did not know. Lucita Smith, Smith is called Leroy. And why is he called Leroy, Calvin? Well, because we just needed, he needed to have a country name. It's like, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Who's going to argue with Calvin Beecham? Not me. Do you need a country name? No. No? I don't need the country name. I do recommend going to the Cardinals YouTube channel, the live tab where we live stream our press conferences every weekend and watching that in full because Kelvin was, he was very entertaining. Now, there were some serious questions he talked about, whether it's the season, his future as a pending free agent, um, the very scary accident involving Bill's safety, Demar Hamlin, on Monday night's football game uh, earlier this week, and and just the mood in the locker room and, and understanding the risk that these players take every week, putting their bodies and their minds and everything, physical, mental health, on the line every week. Um, so it was a lot that was covered in his press conference. Highly recommend going and watching that on our, our YouTube channel. And asked directly, you know, as a father with a son who is at the age now that is thinking and perhaps wanting to play football, how do you have that discussion? And, of course, Beach had the great answer. He's like, well, I haven't really had directly had to have that conversation yet. He told his mom, we haven't had that conversation because he's in Disneyland right now celebrating his birthday. So, But it is one of those conversations that everyone right now is having whether you are in the game or not in the game because yeah that was a very scary sight watching that live and it still is difficult to reconcile in your own at least in my own mind what I saw versus what I do for a living what we ask these players to do each and every week a very sad and sobering reminder that these are people they're more than just players the numbers on their jersey they are more than just players on your fantasy football roster you know they are this is their livelihood and while they are very grateful to be playing a kids game as their career that doesn't mean that there aren't risks and there aren't dangers to the game and that's definitely been on everyone's mind this week and I'm sure more so as we get closer to games over the weekend injuries are going to happen serious injuries are going to happen it's when you see something that is not normal on a football field and we'll leave you with this as far as an injury updates Kyler Murray yes he did have surgery on Tuesday 
Cliff Kingsbury confirmed that earlier on Wednesday, and then moments later, Kyler Murray confirmed it himself, tweeted out a picture of himself in a hospital bed, quote, ACL surgery was successful. Thank you for all the love and prayers. I appreciate the support and positivity more than I can express. I'll be back, is what he tweeted out. I'm a little surprised he posted the picture of him in a hospital bed. I mean, maybe because it's Kyler Murray. Players do that all the time. Yeah. You know, Zach Ertz said that too. It's Look, this the first step is done. He's had surgery. Now he's just got to start rehabbing when it's time and, and working towards that goal of getting back on the football field. Cliff mentioned it potentially being a reset for him. We know he's going to work hard whether he where he does the rehab or not. I would prefer it be with the team in Arizona, but you know wherever he does it, it's going to be every day 100% because that is one thing we know about Kyler Murray. Football is his life, and that's been taken away from him. So how does he get back to doing that? Well, you rehab as much as you are allowed to and able to to get back as soon as possible. Not only that, but something we learned from Kyler Murray after the playoff game in L.A. last season is like we, we know how seriously he takes his game, how competitive he is, and he wants to put his best play out there every single time he steps onto the field. So I would imagine not even just because of the injury, but the way that he played, the way this team performed as a whole this year – would have been enough motivation for him to go out and change the script next year. Just another one of those questions, discussion points that we'll be having all offseason, which begins on Monday, January 9th, the day after the Cardinals play at San Francisco at Levi Stadium. Cardinals, again, looking to snap a six-game losing streak, and the 49ers, Danny, have something to play for. The number one seed is within reach, a win plus an Eagles loss. And the 49ers have that number one seed. So if you're the Cardinals, yeah, not only end the season on a positive note, but also hamper, put a dent in the plans of your division rival. So we can expect to see the 49ers starters is what you're telling me. Oh, yeah, they'll all be out there. Great. I'm excited. I've never been to Levi Stadium before. You and J.J. Watt. We have so much in common. You're not you know, retiring, I, I had you? never been to Mercedes-Benz either. Oh, that's little do you know, Craig. Uh-oh. This is my swan song. Just kidding. I can never leave you. Wow, that is a sad thought right there. I would love to be able to retire at my age. <laughs> Before 30, gosh, that's the dream. Just kidding. This job is the dream. Keep going. I'm going to have Elmo cut that clip <laughs> and send it to my boss, Tim Delaney. <laughs> on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Almohandro. For Danny Sarek, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.